We're proud to be sponsored by MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Schools can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, win time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and much more. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make your flex time work for you. Visit MyFlexLearning.com B to learn more and receive $500 off the first year. That's MyFlexLearning.com B-E. Every child deserves a team. That's the belief behind Jigsaw Learning, a proud sponsor of the Bee Podcast Network. And it's why the company, founded by educators Curtis and Lorna Hewson, focuses on ensuring success for all learners through collaborative response an approach in which every child is supported by a team. Through customized professional learning that incorporates workshops, leadership development, online learning opportunities, and more, Jigsaw Learning can guide you every step of the way to create a plan to maximize the collective capacity in your schools. Learn more at jigsawlearning.ca. You know, when we talk about gratitude, there's two different ways we can look at it. Oftentimes we think about things we're grateful for and we have our lists and we put those things together. But other times we try to keep that feeling from being fleeting. And to do that, it takes moving from being grateful to I am a grateful person. Hey everyone, Dr. Jones here with another episode of Seeing to Lead. And this week is a crossover recording with me appearing on Lainey Rowell's Evolving with Gratitude. Now, if you don't know Lainey, you have to check out her stuff. You have to check out her Evolving with Gratitude podcast. She's got a wonderful book out on the same topic and by the same name. And she's just a wonderful human being spreading a fantastic message. So I was lucky enough to talk with her on her podcast where we spoke about the different mind frames of gratitude, how to get there and how to make that last. We also spent some time talking about my book and my podcast, and I thought you would really enjoy this episode. So have a listen, leave a comment with your biggest takeaway on social media. Don't forget to leave a rating and review, not just for my podcast here, Seeing to Lead, but also check out Lainey Rowles. Do the same for her on Evolving with Gratitude. As always, thanks for listening, and let's get to getting better on Seeing to Lead. Let's talk about flex time in schools. The potential benefits to our students make it worth exploring. More time for personalized learning, increased choice and agency for students, and the increased engagement that comes along with it. Dedicated time for intervention. Overall, as school leaders, it gives us and our faculty more tools to increase academic achievement. But the implementation and management of flex time can be a challenge. Tricky logistics and a lack of clear accountability systems can prevent teachers from buying in and can hold us back from ensuring students make good use of their time. I'm pleased to share that MyFlex Learning provides a solution to these challenges and more. MyFlex Learning helps you create and manage flexible time for any purpose. And with seamless SIS integration, a student locator, flexible daily rostering, and an intuitive mobile app, it eliminates the common challenges of implementation and management. Want to see for yourself? Visit myflexlearning.com slash B 
to learn more and receive $500 off the first year of use. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. Dr. Chris Jones here and welcome to Seeing to Lead, a show designed to help leaders increase their ability to effectively support, engage, and empower their staff through intentional practices so that they create an environment where everyone reaches their greatest level of success. On Seeing to Lead, communication rules the day as we hear voices from both teachers and leaders in an effort to examine perspectives, highlight misunderstandings, and provide steps to ultimately bridge the gap between what teachers need and provide through thoughtful dialogue. This show is about amplifying voices, creating understanding, and providing information to help everyone continually improve. I want to personally thank you for taking the time. Now, let's get to getting better. Welcome, my friends. I am so excited to have Dr. Chris Jones on the pod. Welcome, Chris. Hi, how are you? I'm doing better now that I get to talk to you. And I'm very excited. Happy summer. We're recording this towards the end of June. And so I'm guessing you're on maybe a quiet campus. Yeah, it's pretty quiet. And I'm I'm really happy to be talking to you because I Love the stuff you put out, and I'm really happy for it. So I'm excited to have a a conversation about gratitude with you. But uh, this is a good time because the campus is quiet, and we can always tend to focus a little more on what we need to when when things slow down a little bit. Yes, and I should mention that you are a high school principal, so slowing down is something that does not happen often for you. So I think we had some good timing getting you on the pod. Yes, no, it doesn't happen often, so I, I take advantage of it every chance I get. I don't have to work as long a days and I get more done. Go figure. Well, I do want to back up a little bit because I just get so excited to talk to you. I'm like already in it. But I do want to back up a little bit and give you a little more of a formal introduction, which listeners of the show know I can't do even when I try. But I am going to make an honest effort here because I am a fan of you and the work that you put out there. And I want to make sure people know at least some of the, the credentials as we go in here. So as I mentioned, you are a high school principal. Dr. Chris Jones is also the president-elect of Massachusetts State Administrators Association, MSAA, and he is an amazing author. He is the author of Seeing to Lead, and I hope people talk about that because this is a very important book. And I mean, he's also a podcast host. Oh my goodness. The like cardinal sin of podcast hosts is to not acknowledge the podcast status of someone else. So I want to make sure and say he is also an amazing podcast host. I have had the pleasure of being on his podcast. So with that, Chris, is there anything else you want to add? Because I I barely scratched the surface on your credentials. No, you know what? I think he covered it. <laughs> I appreciate you saying those kind words about the book. I That was kind of a a long coming idea wise, but quick product that I put out through a process of a lot of carrying and things. So that's why it's good that we're talking about gratitude. And yeah. uh, the podcast, it's funny, people ask me what came first, kind of like a chicken out of the egg thing, because they're of the same name. And uh, the idea of the book and the beginning of the writing of the book came before the podcast. But so that's that's the official answer that I'm I'm going to stick with. You stick with that. I mean, yes, that does that does come up sometimes. And we both have books and podcasts with the same name, and they they feed each other. I I find for me, right? Absolutely. So I don't want to say we're twinning, but we might be twinning. I'll go with twinning. I'm up for that. 
<laughs> well, I'm going to ask you the quintessential first question. I don't even know if that's the right use of the word quintessential. I'm going to ask you the typical first question. And then I'm going to ask you to dig deep in. And I don't think I even mentioned this, but let me let me make sure and point this out, that you were actually named as Administrator of the Year by Massachusetts School Counselors Association. I don't yep. want to leave that off. So congratulations on that. Thank you very much. That's funny. I forgot all about that. But yes, I was named that. That was that was quite the honor because when I received that award, it was my director of counseling that was saying, well, you know, you get these awards and they say all these things about you. And I think it was my mother. It was a virtual event. And my mother had logged on to watch this virtual. And I think my sister did too. And I got a text from my sister right afterward. And she said, so how much did you pay that lady? Generous introduction, text in the mail. Nope. They did it because you're amazing and you're also humble because you didn't even think to throw it out there. And as a podcast host, I should have said it first, but at least I recovered. I'm going to give myself points for recovery there. So yes, absolutely. So many accolades, so much great work. So let's go at that first question. What does gratitude mean to you? No right or wrong answers. And then we'll get into some of your work. Sure. Boy, no right or wrong answers. You really took the pressure off. That's what we should do in all schools. Gratitude to me, is it goes beyond the glasses half full type of thing. I I like to dig a little deeper into it's not whether the glass is half full. It's not whether the glass is half empty. It's the idea that I have a glass to put anything in to begin with. So it's a step back to look at the bigger picture driven by the question of what do I have rather than what do I want? And so what I mean by that is, you know, quite often we get caught up in Oh, if only I had this, or I wish I had that. When we do that, we skip the idea of what we actually do have. As simple as I wake up in the morning because I had a good night's sleep in a bed, in a warm bed, and I can go downstairs and pour myself a coffee. And I think of how many people don't even get to start their day that way. And how many people don't get to start their day that way, whether it's because of an economic issue, whether it's because of a health issue. You know, the idea that I can I can lay my head down at night in comfort, get a good night's sleep and get up in the morning to repeat and to take another run at it for another day is what I see as gratitude. I love that idea of stepping back at the bigger picture and... When you're describing what it means to you, you're talking in a way that I think is so essential where you're really thinking about very specific examples of things, not so general, like I'm grateful for my health. You're thinking about very, very specific things. And I think that if I I understood you correctly, you're getting down to like the very, very basics in very specific ways. 100%. And you know, that wasn't something I always did. That became an acquired thing because I did a gratitude exercise each night and each morning. So I would try to come up with three to five things I was grateful for every single morning. And at first, you know, like the first morning, you're like, yeah, I'm grateful, like you said, for my health. I'm grateful because it's a nice day out. And, you know, I'm grateful for whatever. And then the next morning you wake up and you kind of do the same thing. You dance around it. But then you start to run out of things because you don't want to keep repeating them or else they have less meaning. And so what do you do on the day that you get up and you have a cold and it's, you know, it's four degrees out and there's knee deep snow on the ground that you got to go outside and shovel before you go to work. 
So you really have to get specific about those things. So it's that challenge each day that made me look more, I was going to say specificity, but (laughs) I don't even know if that's the right word. You were talking about quintessential before, but to, to look at more specific things. And when you do that, I think it really helps you embrace gratitude to a point where it almost becomes second nature in the bigger picture daily operations of your life. Yeah. I like the way Dr. Robert Emmons describes it. He goes, you can feel gratitude, this feeling that you're having, but emotions are fleeting versus I am a grateful person. So there's, I feel grateful versus I am a grateful person. And so I think what I hear you saying is that through these practices and over time, you have moved into being, I am a grateful person. Yes. And I'm glad you made that distinction. I think that's an important distinction. And it's it's not something that you start to feel that way and you're there, no more work. It's something that you need to continually remind yourself of. And if you truly are to become a grateful person, I think there's a lot of work on the back end that you have to identify specifically what you're grateful for because it's almost like a boomerang. So you start off big, you get specific to make sure that you're actually becoming that grateful person. And once you become that grateful person, it's like a world opens up where it's very hard not to be grateful for just about everything. So it almost goes back out to that big picture once you get it tight again. Yeah, that's a great description. I want to make sure we get a chance to spend a good amount of time talking about your book. And by the way, I know I said the title, Seeing to Lead, but the S-E-E is all capitals. Can you tell us why? Sure. It stands for support, engage, and empower. And uh, that in in and of itself, when you mention the idea of gratitude, a lot of that just has to do with gratitude of the people I serve as their leader. When I'm supporting somebody, I'm grateful that they're there and grateful that they're, they're looking to be supported and looking to improve. When I'm engaging them, engagement comes from my outwardly showing of my gratitude for them. And then it, because it's about value added and then the empowerment part, I'm grateful that they've taken a step forward into a role of leadership where now they're branching out on their own. And I'm grateful that they're doing that because then I don't need to look at minuscule things based on trust and the the understanding that they're there. Beautiful. Tell us, how did you come to write this book? Like, what was the journey? How did you come to to get this framework that you wanted to put out there and share with the world? Yeah, it's it and it it definitely it's a framework because it's a it's built like a flywheel. And the whole idea of the framework is to get that flywheel spinning as fast as possible on its own. So the idea is, and I'm going to say something that I get so many crazy looks from people when I'm sitting around in a conference. You've got my attention. I cannot wait. Go. Lay that one out, Chris. I'm a teacher-centered principal. I'm not a student-centered principal. I'm a teacher-centered principal. And people look at me and it's almost like, oh, dear, you can't say that as a principal. You need to be student-centered. Well, I look at where my leverage point comes from, where I get the most leverage, and what's that big domino I can push over. Now, if I can engage teachers and empower them in their classrooms to where they like coming to work, they're not ruining their whole Sunday afternoon because it's one o'clock and they're thinking about work the next day, 
But Sunday evening, they're like, oh, yeah, I work tomorrow. If I get teachers who are passionate about what they're doing in front of students and they're supported and they're engaged in the process, there's no way the students don't benefit much more on a larger scale than I could ever do on my own. So the teachers are really the center of my focus. Obviously, student achievement, student environment, things like that are important, but I gain in that by taking care of the teachers. The process was, and I lay this out in the book, is for the longest time I sat in school, I did not have a great school experience. And I sat in school with a chip on my shoulder, thinking there's got to be a better way to do this, which then eventually, after iteration, after iteration, after iteration, led to my personal mission, my why, if you want to call it that, if you want to use that word. But it's to make a better educational experience for everyone involved by being purposeful, acting with integrity, and building character. And so that's that's why my weekly videos are about that. But the book, really, I came to realize somewhere in my educational career, and I wish I could remember where, that I was blaming the wrong people. I was blaming the teachers for the bad experience until I realized that teachers were acting in the box that they were kept in by strict rules and not being supported, rather having expectations and not receiving any help or engagement with those expectations. They didn't have a voice or anything like that. They were just told to do. And so, of course, they stayed within their box. They didn't branch out, which led to a very disengaged student by the name of Chris Jones. And so as I started to look at it, I first gave a presentation on this. I I can't remember what year, but I gave a presentation on it and uh, NASSP, their national conference, when I was playing with this and putting it around and, and talked about supporting, engaging, and empowering staff. And then as I was writing these things down and putting the presentation together, I noticed they had three chunks that I could use. And that's what the book ended up being. I, I worked through the support piece and to help people with them, I put in the strategies I use. I put in reflection points in the book. It's not just a read through and you're done book or a read through and highlight. But obviously, if you want to highlight, great, but it gives you strategies that you can do. It gives you questions to answer. And then it gives you the strategies I use in the different areas. And I do the same for the engage and the empower piece. I really noticed it because in those weekly videos, which is why I mentioned them earlier, I started talking about these things and I started talking about how to support people better, how to engage people better and how to empower them better. And then it just, I put the pen to paper. And ended up getting a book deal and writing a book. I want to clarify something because here's what I heard. I heard you say it's not that student-centered isn't something that you believe in. Correct. I believe in student-centered. But if I'm understanding you, you're saying, I know that my role as an administrator is to be teacher-centered. Is that fair to say? That's accurate. That's 100% accurate. See, the student center, that's the teachers. The teachers are student centered. I expect every single one of my teachers to be student centered. They are part of the larger culture and organization, yes, but I almost view it as if you keep going up steps, the teachers are my students. So I need to be teacher centered. Well, I think this is something that anyone who's considering leaving the classroom needs to go in with full awareness. That when you step out of being rostered kid, being their teacher, your direct impact is not likely going to be the student. 
it will most likely be the adult and their direct impact will be the student. I think that's something that can be quite jarring at first when people move out of the classroom into whether it's an instructional coaching position, administrative position, whatever it is, you need to understand that your direct impact, most likely, I don't want to speak in absolutes because there are other positions out there that I may not know about, but most of the positions I see where people step out of the classroom, their direct impact has to do with adults. Correct. That's your direct impact. If you want to impact students, you have to impact the adults because you're talking adults that, depending on what school you're in, have anywhere from 20 to 30 kids in their classroom. If you're in a high school, let's say average 25 kids in the classroom, five or six periods a day. So think of that number of students compared to how many I can meet with in the morning to see how school's going. I can schedule meetings with. I can never meet anywhere near that many students. And so if I want to have the largest impact, I have to impact those that I can get to a position where they're leading on their own, where they're empowered, they're fully engaged in the vision of the school and making it really happen for the students. It's an equally important thing, but it's a shift because like you said, it doesn't mean that there's no direct impact on students. You're still doing things that impact the climate, the culture of the campus, all of those things. But it is, you now need to pay attention to those adults who ultimately are going to have the most contact with those kids. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm, I'm involved with the kids all the time. Look, you want to talk about gratitude. That's one of the things that I'm, I'm most grateful for is the ability to interact with students when I want to interact with students. Yeah. By going into classrooms, I, I'm in classrooms all the time. And I have a feedback system with that that I, I cover in the book. But the better idea of that is to being able to interact with the students. Like I'm out at arrival every morning for bus duty and we've got the music blaring and I'm out there greeting all the students that get dropped off and get dropped off with the bus. The best part about that is I'm out there with my assistant superintendent. My assistant superintendent comes out and we play music and talk and we were going to do a presentation on it called BDPD, Bus Duty Professional Development. Because we solve the problems of the world while we're standing out there. But um, interacting with the kids, having fun with the kids. And then on Wednesdays, I do welcome sign Wednesdays with my positive affirmation signs that we take pictures. And so, you know, when I when I walk around the school and people know me or, or they're saying hi to me without being prompted or anything like that in the hallways or, hey, Dr. Jones, you know, or call me over to their lunch tables when I'm in the cafeteria. That's... That's what it's about. That's that's what I'm grateful for is the ability to walk around and do that. I would describe what you're describing as a form of temptation bundling. Are you familiar with this idea? So the idea of temptation bundling is to take one thing that you need to do, but maybe are not super excited about, and you bundle it with something that you cannot wait to do. So what I heard was bus duty PD. BDPD, right? So you need to be out there for security's sake. And it's not that you don't want that, but it's just like bus duty on its own is not going to get you out of bed. But the fact that you get to have these conversations that are your professional learning with your assistant soup, like that's amazing. That's temptation bundling to me is you've found a way to combine the two things, you know, one that needs to happen with one thing you can't wait to happen. Yeah, no, that's excellent. I'd never heard of that before. And it's funny because you say that about BDPD. And as we get close to the year, people will drive by and parents will roll down their windows and 
bus drivers were like, you're almost there. Because we stand out there in rain, snow, like we're a mess half the year. And it's funny because I'll be coming into work and I'm uh, another work day, you know, okay, it's a job. And I don't not like my job. I love my job as a principal. But one of those days, it's just a blah day. Man, I'll get to bus duty and saying hi to the kids and good morning to the kids and all that and listen to the music. And, and I'm in such a good mood to start the day. I think that's such a great strategy. And for principals in general, you know, it's, it's hard. There's sometimes you have to go into the office and close the door and do the budget stuff, do the compliance stuff that is just a, a part of the job that you're not super psyched about, but it has to happen. And when you can combine these things where you're visible, you're out there supporting the kids, keeping them safe, and you're getting to interact with your peers, that's, that's a, that's a win-win. I will say that my children, the elementary school that my kids go to, that principal is out there every morning. As a parent, it brings me so much peace and joy. I see her. She's here making sure everyone's safe. I know. And mentally, I know. Intellectually, I know that that's what a principal does is one of their millions of jobs. But just to have that visibility of her, like she's on campus, she's keeping them safe. It means a lot. She's greeting them. It's like, she's loving it. I'm loving it. The kids are loving it. And we have good weather here in Southern California. So that's, that's a bonus for her and for any of the principals who are in this area. But the fact that you're, you're doing it, bringing sleet or snow, like that's the mail carriers. Thank you. Yeah, no, it is. It is funny. One of the funniest things that happened is I pulled up and my assistant soup was out there first. He had taken his shoes off and he had his pants rolled up around his knees. He looked like Huck Finn because it was raining so bad. And he, he put his shoes up to the side. You know, you talk about gratitude. It's, it's being grateful for every aspect of life, not just the positives, but you know, what, what positives are within the negatives that are occurring? Yeah. And that negativity bias is, is hard to overcome. And I mean, even you and I were chatting before and I was like, I've been knocked down a few things today. It's been a little bit of a rough day, some bad news after bad news. But at the end, I can take a deep breath and go, you know what? There is a lot of really good going on. So I can shift even when I get bogged down a little bit. It's for me, having a grateful disposition has helped me shift out of it a lot faster. You're right, though. It is difficult because that negativity creeps in. My, my wife and I will talk about our two boys. And we are just so blessed with our two boys. We're so pleased with the young men that they're turning into. That, But hey, they're 16 and 14. So it's almost guaranteed they're going to try to do stupid things from time to time. And so they'll do something that has a scratch in our head or that get us a little miffed, to put it politely. And we'll look at each other afterwards after talking to the boys. We'll really go, you know, in the big scheme of things, we're really just let them have this one because, you know, they can do their little consequence, but we are so lucky to have the boys that we have. So it's, it's that big, it's again, it's like I said at the beginning, that stepping back, big picture. Yeah, I have a chance I do now, now that I have a queen and it's still developing a prefrontal cortex, still developing a prefrontal cortex, still developing a prefrontal cortex. They're still going. There is still more work to be done and I am here for it. I will support them. I will not take things personally that have absolutely nothing to do with me. It's a reminder I tried to myself. Not their fault. It's not their fault. <laughs> That's the more condensed version of the yeah. chance, yes. <laughs> All right, my friend, I need to honor your time. I want to make sure and give you an opportunity to give a shout out. And then I'm going to ask you to share how people can get in touch with you. But let's first go ahead. And who would you like to give a shout out to? Oh, first I'll do the professional one. 
because this is usually a shout out that I give, but there is a fantastic man by the name of Danny Bauer from Better Leaders, Better Schools that I started with him and his masterminds before masterminds were the, were the, the key thing to do in 2017. And I would, boy, looking at myself in 2017 and the leader I was, worlds away from where I am now. Um, I wouldn't be the leader or the person I am right now without his guidance and his mentorship. So that's, if you ever get a chance to look him up and do any work with him, just yes, 100% yes. Uh Full endorsement. Gratitude and endorsement. Yes, gratitude and endorsement. He, just just everything he's done for me and and he really is a, a fantastic example of continuing to evolve and improve himself by working on himself uh, while he helps others and serves others. So the personal one, I, I have to give a shout out to my wife. My wife is a seventh and eighth grade teacher. Something that I look at her and I say, you are a warrior. I'd never be able to do that. But uh, she teaches English and she's too shy to say it, but she just received an award for teaching for her work with inclusion and making sure that all students have an equal opportunity to learn and are successful at doing it. And it's the first time that award was ever given to a middle school or high school teacher because they were a junior, senior. Really proud of her. Her name is Mary Aiello Jones. Thank you, Mary, for your work and for everything you're doing and happy that your husband is willing to brag for you. Because that is something worthy of bragging about. Absolutely. She really is. And I know, yes, I'm completely objective. She really is lights out in the classroom. I mean, she gets up on desks and sings and all kinds of things. Teaches the kids songs to learn by. Always moving around the room, just full of energy. I get tired watching her. But she just really does a fantastic job. And and the kids let her know it too. So it's excellent. Amazing. And I will admit I was like you, Chris. I was not what they would call a star student. I was maybe also there being like, when is this going to be over? And sounds like I would have really enjoyed being in your wife's class. My friend, I want to make sure people know how to reach out to you. So where do you like to hang out on the line? <laughs> on the line. Where do you like to hang out online? Where, where's the best way for people to connect? You know, probably, probably Twitter. I play with Insta and all those others, but I'm, I'm, and I do Facebook, but Twitter's really easy to get a hold of me. It's Dr. C.S. Jones. And I'm pretty much Dr. C.S. Jones everywhere. If people want to reach out to me via email, it's drchrissj at gmail.com. And if they want to go to my website, it's teamjonesedu. Amazing. I'm going to put all of that linked in the show notes. So you got to hear it, my friends who are listening. And if you look in the show notes where I put lots of gems, you'll just be able to touch or click on it. So please be sure to connect with Dr. Jones. Be sure to listen to his podcast, grab a copy of his book. He's putting really, really great things out there. He also shares great things on social media. So make sure to follow him there so you can catch all the goodness like I do. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the time to have me on your show. I could talk to you forever. So thank you for the, being the one bold enough to say, hey, we've got to wrap this up. 
Well, it's only to honor your time because I could talk to you forever as well. But I, I know that even though you're on summer break and things are slightly slower, uh, that you've got a million things to do. Friends, thank you for listening. And don't forget to check out Dr. Jones all on the web, all over the places. He's got great stuff. All right, my friends, thank you for listening. Well, that's a wrap, but not the end. Next step, be sure to take action on something you heard here today. Hey, thanks for listening to the Scene to Lead podcast. If you would like to connect for any reason, email me at drchrissj at gmail.com or catch me on Twitter at Dr. C.S. Jones. If you've gotten any value from the Scene to Lead podcast today, you can help me and other leaders create a world-class environment through a teacher-centric approach by subscribing to the show leaving an honest rating and review and sharing this episode on social media with your most valuable takeaway. Also, one last thing. Have you had a chance to pick up my latest five-star rated book yet? Grab your copy of Seeing to Lead anywhere you buy books or at seeingtolead.com. That's S-E-E-I-N-G-T-O-L-E-A-D.com where you can learn more and continue to improve. Now go have a successful week. And now a quick word from our sponsor, Jigsaw Learning. Whether you lead at the school, district, or division level, you're serving a wide array of students, and you know that no one person has all the answers when it comes to meeting each of their needs. That's why Jigsaw Learning helps leaders and their staff and faculty to develop a collaborative approach. Every child deserves a team. And when you put together the pieces of effective collaboration, you can realize that team's full potential. Connection, relationships, and authentic collaboration are at the foundation of Jigsaw Learning's work. Through professional learning presented on-site, online, or a blend of both, Jigsaw's team of experienced learning associates works with you to develop a personalized plan to help collaborative response thrive in your organization. Learn why educators have described working with Jigsaw Learning as powerful, wonderful, and beneficial for all students. Visit jigsawlearning.ca and connect with the team for information. That's jigsawlearning.ca. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention, meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flex time without the common challenges. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash B to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.